Welcome to this division preview edition of the Next Fan Up podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Pod Vader here with our first of the 2017 NFL division previews, starting with the AFC North. Why? Because they got their recording done first. That's pretty much the reason why. And because of that, there'll be a few things that we'll bring up. That Greg, our Steelers superfan, Don, our Ravens superfan, Scotty, our Bengals superfan, and Ben, our Browns superfan, will all be discussing when it comes to the division previews. First of all, this was recorded before uh, Dennis Pitta had his career-ending injury during OTAs. That is a definite blow, but they aren't going to talk too much about the tight end position in Baltimore uh, in this particular preview. This is also recorded well before Jeremy Macklin ended up signing with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's a big addition for that particular team, but I don't necessarily know if that's going to put it over the top for me. We'll talk about my uh, insights, my game-by-game prediction of each and every team's schedule after the superfans give their division previews, but we definitely want to make sure that we're interacting with you out there, the listener. So please send us an email, nextfanup at gmail.com. You can always tweet us at NFU Podcast. And of course, uh, you can interact with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NFU Podcast. We have a website uh, that would be nextfanup.wordpress.com. Uh, You can also leave us a a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere great podcasts are heard, you know, specifically like uh, this one here from the Ben Macy says, great podcast, love pod Vader and the super fans. I'm always eager to learn who his sleeper Patriot is off of training camp worth the sub. I will have uh, our Patriot training camp podcast, of course. Uh, sometime at the beginning of August, I don't remember the date, but I've already circled the date I'm planning on attending Patriots training camp. And it just, by the way, coincides with the my boyfriends, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, having a co-camp with the Patriots on that particular date. So I'll be able to give you insights for not only the Patriots, but also my boyfriend, the Jaguars, uh, which will be nice. Uh, But enough about the Patriots and the Jaguars. You're here for the AFC North, the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, and of course, the Bengals. Greg, our Steelers superfan, hosting it all. Here we go. And I am joined today with uh, Ben, our Browns fan. Hello. And I got uh, Don on the line here, too. Don is our Ravens fan. Hey, guys. Good to be back on. And we have the uh, optimistic Scott here from Cincinnati. (laughs) Yeah, definitely optimistic. So we're just going to preview the division here tonight, and we're just going to go through and talk about each team. We're going to go through the order that we finished, and we're going to start with my my beloved Steelers. First thing we'd like to go over here is just the key additions for the Steelers this offseason. And... Really, the Steelers didn't make a lot of moves. I feel like the only real key additions that they made came through the draft. And, you know, those are all the players we've all heard of. T.J. Watt's going to, you know, replace James Harrison, supposedly. Juju Suster was drafted in the second round. I still can't get my head around that pick. Uh, James Conner is replacing uh, D'Angelo Williams at the back of running back spot. 
And Cameron Sutton is going to be a corner to maybe cover uh, Chris Hogan for the Steelers here. With those additions, the only other key addition, which I'm not really sure if we should talk about him or not as a key addition, is getting back Martavis Bryant for the offense. I mean, I'm I'm pretty over the moon that we have a weapon like this that we get back for free. So I'm I'm just pretty excited about that prospect right now. The key subtractions for the Steelers this year, I think really, I mean, we lost D'Angelo Williams, but I think the biggest loss that the Steelers had was they lost Lawrence Timmons, Mike Tomlin's first ever draft pick. Not having him in the middle of the defense is going to hurt a lot, especially watching him run around that ugly color in Miami. So I'm pretty sure that's pretty much all the guys the Steelers lost this year. Um, wait, wait, wait. What about your superstar uh, free agent uh, darling tight end from last year? <laughs> uh, I don't really want to talk about him because uh, Monty's going to get me on that one. Uh, I was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's probably the most disappointing free agent signing the Steelers have had in the last uh, 20 years or so. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't really want to talk about him. Uh, he, he only played six games, so I'm hoping that doesn't really matter. And hopefully, uh, you know, Mortavis Bryant, who's basically the same size, is going to take his spot and we'll never, we'll never utter the words Ladarius Green again. Greg, has, so, has yeah. Mortavis Bryant been, been cleared yet? Has he been given the go-ahead to, to, uh, to come back? Well, he's definitely allowed yeah, to practice and go through the preseason. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure Roger if he's... Yeah, could, couldn't improve him fast enough, unlike, yeah. uh, unlike, jo- unlike Josh Gordon. <laughs> you know, just get, get him that, uh, you know, that Steelers love. I think, he has, I think he has to get tested three times a week as part of his reinstatement. Yes. Like, he better not, he better not screw it up again. And he also has so many hours of therapy that he has to go through for, like, drug counseling or whatnot. I'm not exactly yep. sure what those are, but he has to do so many things still. But... That's awesome. If you're a oh, normal hopefully person... Hopefully it keeps him on track. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, if he's a normal person, this should be fine for him. So, you just gotta be normal. That's all. So, moving on here to save time for you guys here. Uh, the most interesting part for me is probably the key games that the Steelers have coming up. And there isn't really one key game or, or anything for the Steelers, in my eyes. But the, uh, the TV crews have really worked in overtime. Starting basically in Week 10... There's a five-game stretch that's all in prime time or essentially prime time. The Steelers will play uh, versus the Titans, which I think is going to be an exciting matchup with Dick LeBeau coming back to Pittsburgh and all the other Steeler connections there are in Tennessee. That's going to be a Thursday night game. But then the following week, the Packers come to town, so we get the Packers in Pittsburgh for the first time in eight years. You know, Aaron Rodgers was just taking over the helm the last time he came to Pittsburgh. Then we have Scott's Bengals coming in for a Monday night football game the week after that for week, uh, I believe that's 12. Week 13, we are hosting uh, Ra- uh, Don's uh, Ravens. And then it's a 4 o'clock game in week 14, but we're bringing in the Patriots. That's like, This string of games is murderer's row. If they go like, you know, 3-2, and two, I'll be ecstatic through that stretch. So... I don't know. I'm pretty excited about the Steelers this year, and my optimistic view has them at a 12 and four for my expected record. So, Don, tell me if uh, I'm crazy here or uh, whatnot. You know, I, I wish you were uh, crazy, but um, I don't think you are. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Martavis Bryant coming back is obviously a big boost for you guys, but you know, who knows how much rust he has? But I mean, he's going to be an upgrade over. Um, uh, Eli Rogers or anybody else, especially in the slot. 
Uh, I think 12 and 4 is a pretty fair record uh, for the Steelers. Um, as far as the Ravens go, I mean they've had a lot of a, a lot of additions, mostly on the defense. So, you know, they signed Tony Jefferson to play opposite Weddle at safety. I think that could be a very nasty combo. Uh, they signed Brandon Carr to start opposite Jimmy Smith. Um, they also re-signed Brandon Williams. Um, I think an underrated signing, at least maybe not for like fantasy purposes, uh, but for Ravens purposes, will be Danny Woodhead. Um, you know, Kyle Uzcheck was the check down back last year. He cashed in and went he went to San Francisco. Uh, but Woodhead can actually juke and make players miss as opposed to Uzcheck. So, well, interesting to see what kind of addition he he'll be, especially in the first four games. Um, you know, draft-wise, it's been well-documented. They went very heavy, heavily on defense. You know, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser. I mean, it's – if if one of the one of the pass rushers they have can click on this team, I think this defense can be really, really nasty. Um, as far as the distractions and concerns, it's got to be on the offense. Uh, you know, right tackle Rick Wagner cashed in, deservedly so. Uh, signed that big free agent deal. Um, so they don't really they haven't said who their right tackle is yet. Could be uh, they could uh, move second year guard Alex Lewis out to right tackle. Hopefully they do not put uh, James Hurst number seventy four at right tackle because he is an absolute turnstile. Um, they may, they're still going to bring in a veteran receiver, I suppose. But you know, of course, the rumors are always about Anquan Bolden coming back to Baltimore. But I'm uh, maybe I'm one of the Ravens fans. I'm not really this excited at that at that premise. I mean, obviously he's old, he's slow, um, he's still tough. He can still get some touchdowns, but I don't want it to be like a you know five or six million dollar deal, like what, a three million a year. They can get him what's for the, that'll be fine. What's the word on Paramount? Is he going to be healthy this year for once? Well, he hasn't gotten hurt yet, so he's he's broke his own personal record. So that's a, that's a good start. <laughs> Um, they have like the the usual like uh, OTA talk, you know how he's the most impressive guy in OTAs. You know he's yeah. flying around, he's catch, he's catching everything. Well, I also love when uh, you know you hear the pundits talk about, it and they're like, well, they get Bashard Perriman back, and that's like getting the first round uh, pick wide receiver, you know, whatever. <laughs> just, what you always hear about him and Kevin White and all these other guys who can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more the pessimistic side. I believe it when I see it. He had some nice catches last year, but just nothing consistent. He doesn't have any real chemistry with Flacco. You know, never really doesn't really hasn't played too much in the system. Just you know, very off and on, obviously with him. I mean, so that would be the biggest concern is the offense. I mean, yeah, backfield should be the backfield should be okay with uh, Terrence West and Danny Woodhead, and then Kenneth Dixon once he comes <laughs> back from his four game suspension. Um, never, me, never once did I did I think I'd hear somebody say that after I got to watch Terrence West in Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I had no expectations when he signed, um, but he's he yeah. was a very pleasant surprise. Um, they still they still don't have a a true number one receiver, and to be perfectly honest, I don't remember us really having a real true number one receiver. But um, you don't have to have dominant receivers necessarily to win. But yeah, the offense is definitely a concern. Um, but if they can run the ball, if the offensive line can play well enough, um, I think the defense could carry them. As far as a record goes, um, my optimistic view would be ten and six and fighting for a wild card spot. Wow. Okay. Did you? Yeah. What? Do you see? Do you really see them? I mean, okay. What what odds? I know you gave your record prediction, but I, I noticed the team had missed the playoffs 
three of the last four years, which shocked me because when I think of Joe Flacco and Harbaugh, I always think that they're going to the playoffs every year. So, you know, playoffs, not playoffs. What do you think their odds are? I give them like a probably 60-40 chance. Um, I look at the schedule. I mean, obviously, I'm predicting this way too early in the season. Uh, But it's not – they don't only have a stretch. They have a maybe three- to four-game stretch where they have some tough games. Um, So, I mean, the highlights on the schedule besides the obvious Steelers games, um, they'll be at the Raiders in week five. That'll be a tough one. Um, They'll make their first trip out to London week three against the the beloved Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, We'll be at the Packers, um, which we've – we haven't won against the Packers in quite a while, so that'll be obviously a tough game. Um, they got a couple primetime games. They got a Thursday night game, and they finally have a Monday night game, which will be a fun one. Uh, but I don't see, I mean, when I look at the opponents, um, I think they'll split against the Bengals. Uh, I think they'll sweep the, the Browns. They'll beat the Jaguars. Um, they can beat the Bears, uh, beat the Dolphins at home. Um, at the Vikings is could be interesting, but I think they can beat the Vikings. Um, Texans will be a tough one at home. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll split with the Steelers, you know, win at home, lose at Pittsburgh, but I don't see any, any real, I mean, they have some tough games, but I don't see like that big stretch of games where they go one and three and really screw their season over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why, I mean, opt- optimistic is 10 and six. It wouldn't surprise me if we're at nine and seven, eight and eight again. And we're talking about firing Harbaugh, which is a distinct possibility, I think. Really? Wow. That's shocking. Yeah, I, I just I don't see how you guys are going to score points. I mean, Flacco, yeah. just, I mean, if you if you look at his pro football focus, he's he's on the huge decline from since the Super, since he signed that bad contract. And so, uh, yep. I don't know, no offensive weapons, I don't know. Uh I I I'd like to take that bet about sweeping the Browns. Okay. We can make that bet. Yeah. Don, we'll, you're also forgetting out. that Andy Andy Dalton is Joe Flacco's kryptonite. He's like <laughs> one and seven against him the last four years, or something crazy like that. Very true. I think it, it feels like it's been like ten years in a row where we always um, end at the Bengals. Yeah, I, actually, for, I, for, I, I looked for quite a I while. Looked it up, but I I think it's like I think it's like six of the last seven years or seven of the last eight years the Bengals and Ravens have ended the season against one another. Which means that wow. Steelers and Browns have ended the year against one another the same years. Yeah, we'll be yeah we'll be ending the year with the Bengals, but we'll actually be home for that one uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's it's New Year's Eve Day, whatever you want to call that, on the thirty first. Yeah, I hate the way that schedule breaks out with the the Bengals and Ravens playing game, uh, Week One and then Week Seventeen. I I don't I don't like having two division yep. games that far apart. But Roger didn't call to ask me for my opinion on his scheduling, so. <laughs> no, we, we were not consulted on that. Now, one thing I, I, one thing I don't know how you guys feel about, but what I kind of get upset about, is I'm looking at the Ravens' schedule, and the first four weeks, they have three division games. Like, what the heck are they thinking that way? Uh, I don't get it. I mean, they play everyone in the division by week four. Yep, and then the three out of the last four games uh, at the end of the season are the other divisional games. Hmm. So there's nothing you know, from week four to week 13, or sorry, week five to week 13, there's no divisional games? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I like that. Whole I, other I, podcast, I guess, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why the NFL does that. 
but whatever. So, all right, well, moving on from... Unless, uh, Scott, do you have any other uh, points for uh, Don or Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, actually, yeah, I, actually, I have a question for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking in my head in terms of, like, the skill position players. And, like, you know, and obviously I'm thinking about my Browns, and then I'm, I'm thinking about the Ravens, and I'm and outside of preparement, I'm not even sure I can really even, like, name that many, like, you know, skill position players on the Ravens. And I know they took a bunch of draft picks uh, on the defensive side, so they didn't spend any capital on offense. I mean, can, I mean, what, what are your guys? Who do you think has the worst skill position players, the Browns or the Ravens? I still go Browns. Um, I mean, besides besides Perriman, they have Mike Wallace. Uh, they have you know a couple couple tight ends. None of them are great by any means. I mean Pitta, yeah. they shouldn't. I mean they should just got to rid, rid, get rid of Pitta. But they got three or four tight ends. Um, but yeah, I mean besides the first two receivers, I mean the running backs are good. But those besides the first two receivers, were they're very very thin, which means they would either sign a veteran free agent or trade for somebody. But I mean, yeah. Don, top of my head. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, what's the word on on Woodhead's injury? How's he? I mean, I like the signing of Woodhead, but I, I guess some of his effectiveness is contingent upon that knee. Yeah, they they said when they started OTAs that he was um, he had no limitation. He was set to have no limitations. He's a full go, but I don't see them. He tore it what in in October, November. But I don't see them. I think it'd be okay by training camp to get some limited work in, but I don't. I don't necessarily know if they're gonna go full throttle on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't. I, I think the Browns have have built a you know a decent roster. Now, granted, it's it's an unproven roster, um, but uh, you know, I I think it'd be a close. Call. If you're going just strictly skill position players. Yeah, I'd I'd almost say it's. I mean, I like I like what I've seen from Corey Coleman, um, you know, in, on a limited basis. Um, I, I didn't really get the Kenny Britt signing, but um, yeah, yeah, me uh, either. I uh, I don't know. I, I I'd probably give it a toss up myself. Yeah, it's not. It's close. I don't. I don't yeah. think. I don't think the Ravens are very good. Um, yeah, I mean, from a little bit I saw Corey Coleman last year. I mean. Especially against the Ravens that first game, he, yeah, he destroyed yeah. us. That's what does Ozzie Newsom have against? That was most of a season right there with that first game. Yeah, he only played in four yep. more other games, I think. Absolutely. I was just going to say, what does Ozzie Newsom have against Joe Flacco and uh, not giving him <laughs> any weapons? I don't know. <laughs> it seems I don't like know. the last like, I mean, four or five years, you could answer the same question. The same question of yeah. you know who are they? Who are they giving Flacco to? I mean, I mean, I guess at this point they're just going to line up two receivers and three tight ends, you know, as yeah. a five-man set at this point. Yeah, maybe he's just living in that 2000s, you know, like, you know, can't. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot of uh, big name wide receivers on that team either. But, uh, maybe no, they had, they had cut. Yeah, they had Kadri Ismail, they had Jermaine Lewis, and they had um, um, uh, Travis Taylor, who was our first-round pick last that year. It was a bust. Yeah, they didn't have anybody that year either. Yeah. But it's, it's it's obviously 17 years later now, but it seems like they're going back to the same strategy. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's uh, let's pivot here then to the t- you know we're going from a team that has no skill position players to maybe uh, 
Scott's Bengals that only have skill position players. <laughs> That's right. I I mean I I am excited about the offense, but of course it's gonna you know it all depend on whether Andy Dalton is alive behind that offensive line. So. Um, you know, that, that's the big, the big question mark when you talk about the Bengals this year is going to be the offensive line. I, you know, I, I don't disagree with their moves of letting Whitworth go for what he signed for. Um, you know, he's still a good left tackle, but the facts are he's 35 or 36 years old. Yeah. He's doing what no other left tackle has done at that age. So you have to question, you know, how long, how much longer w- would he be an effective left tackle? And can you pay that guy 12 million at, at that age? Um, you know, they lost Zeitler, their right guard, who was probably their best offensive lineman last year. Um, again, would have loved to resign him. I, I don't, I don't blame them for not matching the deal that the, the Browns gave him. They felt like they had replacements for both. So that'll be the big question mark. You know, um, two years ago they, you know, there was a lot of questions of why they drafted a left tackle in the in the first round and a right tackle in the second round. And uh, so far, those guys haven't panned out, and uh, they're going to rely on this year. So, you know, if if they play well, I think this is a team that can, you know, definitely make noise. If they uh, play the way they played last year, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be running for his life. Chances are um, the reason they didn't trade A.J. McCarron is because they fear that Dalton (laughs) could be dead by week three or four. So, um you know, I, I think I think this season this team will will really hinge upon how well those two third year tackles play. Um, from an addition standpoint, they did they uh, did re-sign Andre Smith. Uh, the the plan that the, that I've heard thus far is that Andre Smith has been signed to actually play right guard and not right tackle, which is where he was previously with the Bengals, and a pretty good right tackle at that. He wasn't great, but he was solid. Um, you know he. I think he's built well for the right guard position. He's he's never been great at keeping his weight down. He's a bigger guy. He's really a a um, a road grader when it comes to to uh, run blocking. So I think he might find a spot pretty good there at right guard and hopefully be able to help the right tackle, uh, the young right tackle next to him. So at least that's what they're hoping. Um, we'll see if that happens and we'll see if he can stay healthy. That's been another question with him, both when he was with the Bengals and when he was with the Vikings, is uh, his ability to stay healthy. So. Um, you know that I I thought they had a good draft. Um, I like the additions of, you know, John Ross. Um, you know, gives them an element that they did not have last year, which is speed. Um, their weakest group, I feel like, last season was the wide receivers. Um, you know, it didn't help that AJ Green was out for nearly half the year, but um, with the addition of John Ross and their fourth round pick of uh, Josh Malone. And a second year guy, and two second year guys from last year, Tyler Boyd uh, from Pittsburgh, and uh, and Cody Core. I think this wide receiver group is actually now one of, if not their strength. Um, so I, I think they'll be able to to threaten teams downfield like they couldn't the last couple of years, just because they didn't have speed outside of AJ Green. Um, the Joe Mixon pick, you know, uh, PR aside. I think from a football standpoint, it, it's a it's a very solid pick. I think it gives them an element to the offense that they were lacking uh, last year, mainly because Giovanni Bernard uh, got, was hurt for most of the year, about half the year, I guess. Um, and Jeremy Hill has seemingly disappeared after his rookie year. Uh, he 
shows up twice a year against the Cleveland Browns and the rest of the year, he just pretty much goes away. So, um, so I, you know, with Bernard coming back from an ACL injury, like Danny Woodhead, I would expect that Joe Mixon's going to get, uh, a chance to see some playing time early in the year. And, uh, with his versatility, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think he'll actually be a, a pretty solid addition football wise to the team. It's just a matter of, you know, can he keep himself out of trouble off the field? We shall see. Hopefully they keep Pac-Man Jones away from him. <laughs> that was the worst guy on the team, right? So, <laughs> anyways. Uh... Yeah, we don't want him as a mentor. I, I hope they've selected a different veteran for his mentor. Yeah, that would be best for everybody. Yeah. So what are the, some of the key games you're looking at on the schedule? Um, you know, I, I think with, you know what, I should probably take a look at the schedule. Um, I think with this team, it's, it's always been, um, the Steelers cause that's the team they struggle with the most. Uh, you know, a lot of times their, um, their season hinges on those games. Uh, you know, if they win those, you know, the last, you know, they've made the playoffs five of the last six years and seemingly when they beat the Steelers, they've won the division when they haven't, they've come in second last year being the obviously the exception so i think those are the key games um i don't you know they they have a pretty i guess at this point of t- in time i'd say a pretty easy schedule you know i guess that's a benefit from finishing third is they get the third place uh schedule and uh you know t- teams from year to year could change but you look at it now and you look at um it, it seems like to me at least a, a fairly friendly schedule um, I might be being optimistic, but I, I take a look at, you know, Andy Dalton's track record. He's averaging about 10 wins a year since he joined the, the league. Uh, last year, they were decimated with injuries. Uh, they only had A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert together for two games all year long. Um, and that was a big part of why their offense struggled. So if I get to assume health, I say they get back on their, their winning track. I say it's a a nine to eleven win team. Um, if they stay healthy and the offensive line plays well, I think it's closer to eleven. If they uh, can't stay healthy and or the offensive line uh, sucks again, they might be closer to the seven to eight wins. I'll go with eleven to be optimistic, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> bet right, on that. Wow! So we got so we got three teams from the AFC North making the playoffs. All right. Apparently before. If we can't have four, yeah. mathematically impossible. Yeah. I think I think everything's pretty spot on. Um, I really like as far as a football standpoint, Joe Mixon, because I mean, Scott, he really highlighted the the problems with the their running backs. I mean, Jeremy Hill really really has disappeared since his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, when he he came on that what the second half of that rookie year, we thought he. I thought he was going to be a real force. I think I thought he was going to be a problem for quite a while, but. He just never materialized. Um, Giovanni Bernard's a good, you know, third down back, change of pace back, but not a, you know, run run between the tackle twenty times a game kind of guy. Um, so yeah, if he, if Mixon, Mixon can keep out of trouble, I, I like him a lot. Um, John Ross was really like one of the surprises of the draft for me. Um, but I mean, you know, AJ Green's not he's not old, but with all the double teams. You know he faces consistently. It's going to wear on him eventually. So you got to have somebody opposite him to free him up a little bit. 
I, I don't think 11 wins is out of the question for him. Again, it all just really depends on what he said. Just like he said, that offensive line, uh, that's the, the biggest concern for them at this point. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they'll, they'll certainly, they have to rely, especially early in the season, uh, especially that first game against a team like the Ravens that can they can bring the pressure, is uh, they have to rely on, on quick uh, quick releases from Dalton. Uh, if, if they try to uh, take deep drops, he's going to die. Um, not not literally, but uh, well, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. But but yeah, I, I think you know they have to you know quick releases and uh, using you know dump offs to mix in and, and Hill uh, you know is is almost an extension of the the running game. Are you uh, are you concerned about the back half of your defense at all? I just took a quick look at your uh, your linebackers and your uh, your cornerbacks. I see a lot of old slow guys. No, Are you sure you're looking at the Bengals roster with the old yeah, guys? It, yeah, it sh- I saw Carlos Danby, Ray, uh, Ray Maluga being on there. Like the uh, cornerbacks is uh, you know Pac-Man Jones and Draker Patrick, who was a first-round pick, what 2011. But I don't think he's really stopping anyone. Uh, and then your safeties yeah. are uh, Ayakola and uh, some guy I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you're looking at an old roster because Dansby's gone, Ray Maluga's gone. Uh, oh, it was on the website. It, it was on the uh, Bengals website. Is, uh, is he gone now? Yeah, they're both gone. So their their starting linebacker should be. You know, that was one of their big issues last year. Uh, well, I'd say the last two to three years was their linebacking core was so unathletic and slow. Um, they finally parted ways with Maluga. Um, Dansby was a one year deal. They let him walk. They. Uh, they now they picked up Kevin Minter from the the Cardinals, who's a, a pretty decent linebacker. Oh, yeah. It adds more speed. He should be starting, and then they have a second round or a uh, a second year player, um, uh, Nick Vigil, who's a, a quicker, athletic uh, linebacker who also should be starting. Um, so their linebacker crews, uh, you know, it's it's unproven, but it's much younger, faster, and and more athletic. Uh, you know, Pac-Man, he, he's older, but, um, you know, off again, off-field stuff aside, he's it's still a pretty pretty decent uh, corner. They have three other first-round corners. You know, Drake or Pac doesn't get much um, publicity, but he's actually a pretty solid cornerback. Uh, had, a, had a good year last year, signed a pretty decent-sized deal this year. They have a first-round pick from three years ago, Darquez Denard, who... Actually, he hasn't been able to see the field because of the guys in front of him. They have another first-round pick from last year, William Jackson III, who didn't play because he tore his pec um, in the uh, the preseason. But uh, word out of camp is, you know, he'll get a lot of playing time. So they really have four first-round corners. Um, Iloka is a, mm-hmm. um, a pretty solid safety. He's, you know, 26 maybe. And uh, yeah. Sean, Sean Williams is another more in-the-box safety. But... Um, not bad. He's again like mid twenties, so um, you know, not a lot of big names back there, but certainly a lot of talent. So um, I wouldn't say I'm confident in him, but I, I'm not overly concerned by him. So okay, to follow up to that, then since we have all you, you do have a lot of players that seem like they're NFL caliber players, and then I also noticed looking at your draft that you have eleven draft picks, and most impressively. You had seven in the top four rounds, which is at you know the or six in the top four rounds, which is the same number that the Browns had. Are all these guys going to make? You know, how many of these draft picks are going to make the roster? Do you would you guess? I mean, just with the depth, and it seems to all be 
concentrated on wide receiver, which you addressed last year in the draft, and also defensive line and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, they've become a pretty solid drafting team over the, the last couple of years. And, you know, to your point, I, I don't see how they all of those guys make the team either, which is, you know, one of the things I thought during the draft is why not bundle some of these picks and trade them because I, I don't see room for 11 guys on this roster. Um, so, you know, I, I think there are a couple picks in there that, that aren't going to, you know, they're going to be fighting for practice squad. Um, you know, they're the, I think their top four picks are probably all going to see a decent amount of playing time. Uh, that would be John Ross, Joe Mixon, and then two defensive ends, Jordan Willis and Carl Lawson. Um, you know, I think they'll see playing time. I think they did draft a kicker, uh, which was needed because their kicking game sucked last year. It cost them like three games. So uh, they did draft a kicker in the fifth round. So I would actually, ex- I would expect him to unseat, uh, what's his name, Randy Bullock, I think is their kicker right now. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's definitely some guys there at the back end of the, the draft that I, I think are more just uh, hoping for injuries or, or hoping for a spot on the on the practice squad because I just don't see uh, room for 11, 11 draft picks. Really, on most NFL teams, you're not going to have enough room for 11 draft picks. Yeah, true. Okay. Only in like a Brown situation. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't I, even I, know this I'm year if they'd have I, that I, much room. Well, yeah, well, not now. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as optimistic about your back end as you are. Uh, I think you got a bunch of names that are high draft picks that aren't very good players, it's just, or you know, or at least aren't living up to first round draft pick status. Like I, I just, I just poked over on uh, Pro Football Focus, and you guys were in the uh, back half of uh, your secondary was ranked in the back half last year, and uh, they're all kind of like I'm looking at the rankings. They're all kind of like right around average to below average. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not super thrilled. I'm not super confident about like your back end of your defense being all that good. Just yeah, throwing my own I mean, my, my, my own sense out there. Yeah, I mean, I take Pro Football Focus, you know, with, with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, some of the guys they also grade our center as a as a good center, and he's terrible. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where. I don't know. I, I, I listen to what Pro Football Focus ha- says, but I, I don't put a whole lot of weight in it. Uh, they did yeah, a pretty so you good job. You're, you're not taking it as like the end-all be-all. And, and, and I totally get that. I mean, I see, you know, they when they play against the Steelers, who I think have one of the better uh, receiving cores, if not one of the, if not the best, maybe in the NFL, you know, they've done a, a good job, I, I think, holding them in, in check. So, uh, you know, they're... Yeah. Like I said, nothing great. They're certainly not the uh, no-fly zone or, or any of those secondaries, but uh, I don't think it'll be their Achilles heel. I could eat those words, maybe. Okay, cool. Well, the you'll eat the words as Pac-Man tears his Achilles. So. But, uh... <laughs> well, we don't know what Pac-Man's going to do You know, after 4, after 4 o'clock on Sundays. Who knows? <laughs> Pac-Man may end up in jail, and they may have to rely on some of those other uh, first-round picks. All right. Well, let's, let's transition here now to the uh, the seller dwellers of the north, but they're on the rise, I guess. So, come on, Ben. Well, there's only one way to go up, or go from here, I guess. There's only one direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess uh, uh, for us, I guess we'll have to talk about some of the key guys that, like you know, you brought in that we've kind of talked about before. Zeitler, I think that was a huge grab for us, um, and I think he'll go a long way to help solidify this line. One of the big problems that we ran into. Last year, besides um, besides not keeping Schwartz and Mac, uh, was just you know we had like five guys who were good, 
and a bunch of guys behind them that weren't particularly at center. So, you know, once, uh, uh, you know, Greco was probably our best option at center all season after we kept trying to uh, put Cam Irving in there. Cam Irving was just about, I think he was the worst offensive lineman, uh, certainly that I watched last year. And I know he, he's moved on from center and he's competing at right tackle, which I don't expect him to get. Um, I think it was Don was talking about, uh, you know, right tackle. You can have him and Brock and, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll take a seventh rounder off your hands for them both. Um, I don't know. You tell me what you think <laughs> about that deal. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I, I think I think we'll stick with what we have. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, um, you know, and then uh, you know when I start thinking about Kevin Zeitler, I think that enables us to you know slide him in at right guard, uh, and then you can keep Greco in as like a swing uh, backup, uh, backup guard, backup um, uh, center position. You know, which I think is pretty helpful. Uh, we're going to get Petonio back, which I think is a huge addition. Um, and so then from there, really the only the only non-elite um, player that we have. Um, oh, and the, we also signed the uh, Packer. I'm drawing a blank on his name, the, the guy from the Packers for to play center for us. Um, anybody else remember his name? Nope. nope. Okay, it, it'll come to me. Uh, so, it, uh, oh, Treader. Uh, Did uh, you say center? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, tre- we signed Treader? CJ, C, yeah, CJ Treader. We signed him from the Packers to uh, – go ahead and be our center. And so then him pairing with Zeitler, that now solidifies that line, which is the only then non, um, the only, uh, non like, you know, pretty solid starter that we don't have is that right tackle, which, you know, we have a bunch of young guys who we drafted Sean Coleman or, or maybe Cam Irvin wins the job. I don't know. You could uh, put him over there. And then we also drafted Rod Johnson in the sixth, who, uh, who will probably, probably make our practice squad, but I think he could also compete at right tackle. And so if you look at that and, you know, we go from, you know, like a mediocre line to probably one of the best in the league, assuming health, uh, which I think is great. Um, you know, um, which I think it's great to try and keep our quarterbacks healthy. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we went through about 47 quarterbacks last year. Uh, you know, most of to be honest, um, you know, a lot of it uh, was their own fault. Um, you know, you have uh, Cody Kessler who just couldn't seem to make it, who couldn't process information fast enough, couldn't get rid of the ball, holding on to it way too long. He got crushed. Terrell Pryor, or not Terrell Pryor, um, RG3 was being all RG3-like, you know, running all over the field, taking every hit he possibly could. And, you know, he goes down, and then we had Josh McCowan, just, you know, um, you know, the guy's a grizzled veteran. Uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit for going out there, and he was a great leader and all that. But, again, he kind of had the same uh, same issue, which, you know, so we just ended up going through all these quarterbacks um, and uh, b- because of that. And so I'm really hoping that um, with a better offensive line, it can give our guys a little longer time. Uh, you know, to find the open man. Uh, and so then I guess, uh, key, and then obviously our, our, our draft, you know, we had three first round picks, um, which I kind of talked about after the uh, draft show. Miles Garrett was the obvious one. I'm hoping that he is going to terrify every quarterback in the league. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.